en een hartelike goeie morgen. Welkom by ons program Skrifteerlik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte, vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, Jy woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na jy woord. En Psalm 119, 105 sê, Jy woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraag laat om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte waarmee ek en jy moendik kan worstel nie. Krij dus gauw jou bybel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. From your ear, to your heart, to your mouth, to your feet. Join this life on 657 AM. 657 AM is where you tune to and a warm-hearted good morning. Abo Sheni, Molweni, goeiemorgen, lekker om saam met jou te kan keir op hierdie dinsdagmorgen en wat een grote voorrecht. Well, for the next hour or so, we're going to delve into the Word of God, diving into the Word of God, searching to answers and for answers that uh, you might possibly struggle with in God's Word. So, do join us for the next hour, so vir die volgende hier, tot en met 5 voor 12, gaan ons saam dier die skrifte delf Susan, ek sien vir jou op Telegram sy het kraanvraag deurgestuur maar ons wil afskop met de vraag wat de luisteraar reeds vir ons gestuur het, en wat Rakkie dan vir ons voorbereid, so ons doen dit so, en as ons dalk vir ochend nie by jou vraag uitkom nie moenie bekommer nie, ons gooi hulle nie weg nie, hulle verdwijn nie in die pak nie, en ons hou vir hulle en ons werk so systematisch dier al die vraag. Hoe neem jy deel aan die program? Jy stuur vir ons een WhatsApp. Simple as that. You send a WhatsApp and, uh, well, me being Afrikaans, Rocky being English, uh, I think we, and God, the God of the languages, we probably get through it in the next hour or so. So, no matter your language, I trust and pray that the Holy Spirit, the giver of languages, will reveal to you as we search the scriptures, as we search for answers to the questions that you and I might have, that God will reveal to your heart what we're talking about, no matter your language that you're speaking. That being said and done, you send your WhatsApp to 82 If that was a bit quick for you, do not despair. We'll be giving it to you throughout the program. 082-657-2729. That's the number in studio. Uh, Just a sideline remark, please make mention of the scripture that you're struggling with. It just makes life a little bit easier to get uh, to uh, that scripture and then uh, find the answers pertaining to your question. Pastor Rocky Stevenson, brother, good morning. Bruru Khalamuya, are you well this morning? Very well, thank you, Vainan. So I was just thinking when you were talking about the languages that even the Afrikaans folk know what the Himmel de Taal is. And it's <laughs> yes, English because that's the language that the Engels Oh, oh, the angels. Ah, there you have it. So the Afrikaners have told us what language. (laughs) Well, and I'm thinking about Sutu and Paddy and Swazi (laughs) and Venda and uh, all all 11 other languages. Um, And yes, a bit of Tlasa, Augusteta, is it Tlasa? So my forgiveness if I can't speak Tlasa fluently, but we're working on Tswana and we're working on all the other languages. So Rocky, it's up to you to 
to make it work this morning by the leading of the Holy Spirit. There you have it, that number, 082-657-2729. This is not pre-recorded. We're live on air this morning. And together we work through. Listen, I've said it often. Rocky, we've said it so often on this radio station. It's good to listen to you and I. But the responsibility lies with us as listeners to what you have to say, to go and search the Scriptures to make sure that these things are so. Don't you agree with that? I agree fully. That's, that's what Paul said to the Bereans, and he encouraged them, and he said that they were noble to do that. And so we are to go and search the Scriptures. Acts 17.11. Go and search the Scriptures and make sure that the things you're hearing this morning, don't go and say Rocky said that, Vainan said that, Scriptural, the program said that, Radio Pulpit said that. No, no. You have to be sure God's Word says that. The highest authority uh, unto mankind. Right. Let's kick off the program. Ek het vraag gekry van Okertof. Okker, ek hoop jy luister vanmorgen. Hy sê, goeiemorgen, Rocky, Weinand, ek is een wedergebore kind van ons vader en ek het een vraag wat ek graag wil vraag. En dan tik hy die vraag so uit. Hy sê, ek verstaan die Sabbat is een vrijdag son onder tot zaterdag son onder volgens die Hebreeuwse gebruik. Maar dier wie en wat is dit verander? Die vroere katholieke kerk het hulle dit verander na sonde toe en moet ons het so onderhou, is, is dit wat die kerk ons leert? Wat is die rechte antwoord volgens die woord van God? What is the right answer? So, Rocky, I think free translation uh, with regards to that. He simply got a yes. question about the Sabbath. And according to the Hebrews, uh, I've been to Israel four times by the grace of God. They, Friday afternoon, they locked down. Friday evening, they locked down. Around about sundown, they locked down. And then they have the Sabbath. Um, We do it on another day, Sunday. Where did the change come from? How did the change happen? Rocky, do we have an answer for Ockham? We do. do. Um, I am thankful to be able to, to answer this and... I see even Susan's question is going to be dealt with somewhat in the answer of this question, I believe, because Susan asked a question. I don't know if you want to read that question as well. And you'll see some of the link and the connection just by God's providence as we look at the answer to a question like right. this on the Sabbath. Susan had asked, Weinand Pastor Rocky, can you tell me, as a belief, say, what say the word over the wegraping and how summer all is over that what you know? Freezelijk, thank you for Abba Father for your insights. That's that's an interesting connection there, the, the, the rapture uh, in connection with the Sabbath. Yes, Very interesting. And, uh, Can't wait to hear how you tie them together. Yeah, we're going to see that, and so Lord willing, we'll be able to give an answer to both of those questions in answering this. So this this is a loaded question in many ways, um, Ocker's question, and it's a good question. It, it does deserve a lot of time. There's a number of statements that are made in that question and in a, in a couple of questions, and you can see, in a sense, there's a lot of confusion regarding something like the Sabbath and it is a little bit of that Afrikaans statement ya near kind of a question All right. or kind either of an or. answer yeah. um, not necessarily either or but it depends on how you would look at it and how you would answer it but the Jews do from Friday sunset till Saturday sunset celebrate the Sabbath and that's what the Hebrews use as their Sabbath day now and again that is a yes no kind of a answer as well because it's a bit more complicated than that above 
question. With the Greco-Roman calendar, okay. the Jews have begun to do that every week, and they've they've taken the Saturday to be the Sabbath day, but they haven't always followed the Greco-Roman calendar. They have their own Hebrew calendar. And so that wasn't the way they had it all along. And the way in which the Hebrew calendar looked at the Old Testament times, they celebrated the Sabbath slightly differently even than what we've seen today. And so even during their times of the captivity, when they were under the Babylonian captivity or the Assyrian captivity, when that was around 722 BC, 520, uh, 586 BC, when the southern tribes of Judah were taken into captivity by the Babylonians, they remembered their Sabbaths according to their Hebrew calendar, even when they had a different calendar around them. And that's when you had something like synagogue worship beginning because the temple had been destroyed and they did that during the Babylonian captivity and they remembered the Sabbath day and they continued to worship according to the Hebrew calendar. So we have a typical calendar year of 365 days. That is right, hey? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) And and then we have a leap year every fourth year to make up up for that quarter day that gets lost every year. And so – but typically we have this 365-day calendar year. A year for the Hebrew calendar can be 353 days or 354 days or 355 or 383 or 384 or wow. 385 days. My goodness. So this is the, the Hebrew calendar has different amounts of days per yes. year. It ends up... And it depends on which calendar year they were then following that specific year. And they would have different Sabbaths. They would have Sabbath weeks. And the Sabbath, Sabbat means rest. Yes, and it does. So they would have Sabbath weeks. They would have Sabbath years. You'll remember that the people of Israel never celebrated the Sabbath year when they came into the land with Joshua all the way until the captivity into Babylon, which was... 586 BC, and that was one of the reasons that the captivity in the Babylonian captivity was 70 years, because they never took the Sabbath year seriously, and God then let the land rest for 70 years, and so that was part of God's punishment for them not taking the Sabbath year, where they were meant to leave the land fallow for a year on the seventh year, and so the land enjoyed its Sabbath rest for that 70 years while they were in captivity during Daniel's time. You'll remember he was a young man taken into captivity, etc. So the way that they would actually run the Sabbath is as follows, and I hope it it will make sense to those listening this morning. But they would take their 30-day calendar month, because every month of the Hebrews was a 30-day month. And they would start it like this, day one, day two, running through to day six. And then that Sabbath from the sunset of day six through to the sunset of day seven would be their Sabbath day. And then the new week would begin. And then the Sabbath would begin on the day 13 at sunset until day 14, sunset. And again, the next week would go by until day 20, where they would have at sunset the start of the Sabbath and day 21 the evening time Sabbath would end. And then on the 27th, they would have something which you could call, in a sense, a double Sabbath or a Sabbath month end for the Jews. And then the new month would start again from day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, Sabbath, sunset, day seven. And so they followed a different calendar than the Greco-Roman calendar that they now follow. 
And so the Jews, even today, there's a bit of a debate between the Orthodox Jews and those that would be more just Jewish as, yeah, as the far more secular, as the secular more secular thing. kind yeah, of Jews yeah. regarding the Sabbath day. Oh, right. And because of this kind of a confusion that has come about. And so this is a, a complex question to actually be be dealing with in that sense. And, and even with the Jews regarding the Sabbath, regarding the feasts that they would have, they would have seven feasts in the year. Their whole calendar was wrapped around the worship of God and Sabbat, which yeah. was rest and worship. They didn't see a difference between their worship and rest. And that's something maybe that's helpful for us to think through in our own days, that real rest is found inside of Christ. And this yeah. is where I want to start leading us as we think through this um, a little bit more critically as Christians. Because today there's still this kind of a debate between the Jews themselves regarding this. Now, the statement was made regarding, was the Roman Catholic Church the ones that changed this to the Sunday? And, and there, yes, no again, because... There has been this covenantal theology that is behind the kind of idea that the Lord's Day then has become, or the Sunday has become, the Christian Sabbath. I would reject that. I believe the Bible rejects that. The Lord's Day is not the Christian Sabbath. It has not replaced the Sabbath. Now, that was brought in around 350 to Constant, 400 AD. Yes, yeah. And yeah. so there was this there was this desire to merge Israel to the church. And this is the major issue of covenantal theology, is the the assumption or the presupposition, which is that that under the surface kind of a belief system that they have that Israel is the church. It's called replacement theology, where they have said the church is Israel, which is to then say that the church never began at Acts chapter 2, but that the church has always been as long as Israel has existed. And they would even take it further and say it goes beyond that because Israel we know as a nation began at Mount Sinai. Yeah. And that's when Israel really began when they were when really they came through the Red Sea baptized into the baptism of Moses in that sense and they were freed from slavery and the nation was birthed and they had 40 years wilderness wanderings and you find there Moses giving the commands to the people of Israel in in particular as well in regard to the Sabbath. That was before the time of Moses, stretching all the way back to creation. We have no account of Sabbath worship on the sixth day or on the Hebrew calendar day of the Sabbath worship. Very interesting. This yeah. was something that was given to the nation of Israel so that they would worship their God in a way that was different from all of the nations that set were them in apart. the land. And it set them apart. Yes. And it was a reminder to them that God had taken them out of captivity and out of slavery. He had given them rest in that sense. But it was also a picture of the coming rest that would be provided in the Messiah. The fact that the Lord would come and he would be the one that would give them that rest. So you can see that there's this major confusion, really, where there's this idea that the church is Israel, which is false. It is not what the Bible upholds. And part of that idea even comes into things like infant baptism, where circumcision now becomes infant baptism. And this infant baptism becomes the way that this child is part of the covenant community of believers. And then the Lord's Day becomes the Sabbath, which it has never been the Sabbath. No one in the New Testament and nowhere in the Bible do you ever see the Lord's Day being the Sabbath. Now, why do we call it the Lord's Day? Well, we have the Lord of the Sabbath. We have the one who we come to and find rest. 
and he rose from the dead. And we remember the fact that he rose from the dead when we assemble together as a congregation. We have worship of him every single day of the week. It's not just on a specific day. He is Lord of every single day of the Christian's life. We take part in upholding the Ten Commandments when we are fully in Christ. Because the Ten Commandments, even talking about the Sabbath, say, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. It is Christ who is the fulfillment of the Sabbath day. When we remember Christ, we remember the rest that we receive inside of Christ. And so, therefore, we have now something which we call the Lord's Day, which the church since Acts chapter 2, and actually just before Acts chapter 2 and the coming of the Holy Spirit there, we have them assembling and remembering that Jesus rose from the grave the first day of the week, which is our Sunday. And that has remained the same until now. We are part of what we call the church age. And that church age stretches from Acts chapter 2 until just before, well, just until the rapture. And that's just before Jacob's day of trouble, that seven-year tribulation period. You can see some of this in Zechariah chapter 14, Revelation chapter 20. Before the thousand-year reign of Christ, there's a a seven-year period, which is that 70th week of Daniel's trouble. We're currently in a mysterious age, the age of the Gentiles, where the Gentiles have received the good news of Christ. Why did God tell the Israelites to celebrate the Sabbath? It was, as you said, Vainon, to set them apart. They were to be a light to the nations, and they failed in that task in many ways. Yet the Lord Jesus has succeeded where Israel has failed. And the Sabbath was a shadow pointing forward to the coming of the Christ, the one in whom we would find all of our rest. And I want to show you this in a couple of passages as well, so that it's not just um, me saying these things. And what what I want to, I guess, lead the listener away from is that allegorical interpretation of the Scripture that goes against just the plain reading of God's Word and the plain understanding of God's Word and where there's suddenly all of these spiritual connections. Okay, well, Israel had circumcision. Now we have the infant baptism. Israel had the Sabbath. Now we have the Lord's Day. Th- those are That would be faulty because those things were a shadow pointing forward to the coming of the Christ and the freedom that we have even inside of Christ. This is, of course, um, a New Testament warning also not to neglect, and there is a, a New Testament warning to not ne- neglect the coming together of corporate worship in the Hebrews assembly. 10, That's 25. Hebrews 10, exactly. Yeah. You've got it. Hebrews 10 from verse 19 to 23. 23 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil. You see, the Old Testament had the veil. Yes. And mm. the veil separated us in that regard. Yeah, from the they way. had all of these Sabbaths, all of these reminders of the fact that they were needing a Messiah. They were needing the rest that God would, the perfect Sabbath. They, they needed Christ, the yeah. Lord of the Sabbath. And Christ has come and he has opened the way for us. We're able to, through his flesh, have that veil removed. There's the veil over the Holy of Holies, but there's the veil of Jesus' flesh, which was torn open just as he was torn open there at the cross. So it was that the veil of the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. And we have gained entrance now in to the Holy of Holies, as it were. Hebrews continues in verse 22 of Hebrews 10 saying, Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience 
and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Now, what is this hope? Well, the hope is that Christ is coming back again. Yeah. The, this is the eschatology of hope, not the eschatology of the Pope. It's yeah. the eschatology that says Jesus is coming back again. Yeah. He's not currently inside of this thousand-year reign. That thousand-year reign is coming. There's going to be a rapture one day for the church. There's going to be the seven-year tribulation, and this is how this connects to Susan's question regarding the rapture. All right. Because when we assemble on the Lord's Day, we do it because of the resurrection of Christ and also that Christ is going to rapture his church. What do we pray at the end of most of our church services from Acts chapter 2? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. come. This come. is one of the reasons that we assemble to worship. We remember Christ. Even when we do baptisms in our local churches and we have a professing believer saying, Jesus is Lord, and we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we remember that Christ was he lived, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. Yeah. And we remember this when we take part in the Lord's Supper. We remember the fact that his body was broken, his blood was shed. But as we assemble together, we do this remembering we have a risen Savior. And he's coming again. There's the first coming. The Jews rejected Christ in his first coming. They, they weren't looking properly. They actually got angry at Jesus. Most of the time, the religious elite of Jesus' day were angry with him when? On the Sabbath. Yes. <laughs> and he was teaching them, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the one that all of those Sabbaths that Israel was meant to be doing every week, every month. E you know, we had Sabbath weeks. We had Sabbath years. High Sabbath, low all Sabbath. Of this, yeah. All mm. of this was pointing towards me. And yeah. here I am. I'm here with you. I'm healing people on the Sabbath. And you're angry with me. I'm feeding people on the Sabbath. You're angry with me. My disciples are eating on the Sabbath. You're angry with me. Yeah. Sadly, today, some Christians and professing Christians start to get angry with other Christians because they want to take Christians back to the Sabbath, forgetting that the Lord of the Sabbath has come. Let me take you to a passage, Matthew chapter 11, from verse 25, and, and here's where you'll see this connection a little bit more. And you must remember as well that the chapters and verses were given to us later on. It was done in a way that we could have easy reference to these things. But listen to this, Matthew eleven twenty-five to 30, and then we're going to go into Matthew 12 as well. At that time, Jesus said, I, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and yeah. heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. I'll give you Sabbath. Yeah. I will give you rest. You come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What was the Old Testament law? It was the yoke. Take my yoke, Jesus says. I've come. I'm the fulfillment. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And then we come into the next chapter, and this is just fascinating how we see this in Matthew chapter 12. Again, remember that the chapters were only given much later. Yeah. You would have been reading this just carrying on reading it when you received it. At that time, Jesus went through the grain field on the Sabbath. He's just said, come to me and you'll find rest. And he's saying, you, you, here I am. 
I'm gentle, I'm lowly. You who are weary, heavy laden, come to me. He's going through the grain field on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry, he and his companions, how he entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful to eat? For, for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests o- alone? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests of the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. Now, to, for a Jew to hear that yeah. was a big thing. Yeah. There's something greater than the temple right here. But if you had known what this meant, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent, for the Son of Man is what? The Lord of the The Sabbath. Sabbath. The Sabbath created for the Lord. Amen. We have the Lord of the Sabbath, who was crucified, buried, and on the first day of the week rose again, the Lord's Day. And so the Lord's Day in history began that first day, Sunday morning when Jesus rose from the dead. Revelation 1 verse 10. And this is where I'm coming again back to that question. It was not the Roman Catholic Church that began the Lord's Day. Right. And yes, there was a confusion because of of covenantal theology. And that has been drawn into our world as well in a sense. And it it needs to be put in its place. It really does. It needs to come back and yield to the scriptures. But Revelation 1 verse 1 John says this to the first century Christians as he writes, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. They knew what the Lord's day was because that's the day that they always assembled to worship. Now they assembled often on any other days as well. And many other days you'll see in the first part of the church, they were meeting every day and they were breaking bread and they were eating in each other's homes and they were worshiping and praying. But specifically on the Lord's Day, they would assemble as the church. And church, ecclesia, means assembly. You can't actually leave the church without the assembly. It's when Christians are coming together, in particular on the Lord's Day. But not in the same sense as what the Sabbath was. Yeah. Not this draconian kind of a, this is a whip on your back kind of thing. That's why Hebrews needed to write what the Hebrew author wrote, saying, I'm warning you, don't neglect this. You know, yeah. don't continue to do this. Continue to spur each other on, even as you see the day drawing near. Why should you meet together on the Lord's Day to worship Jesus Christ, who's risen from the dead, while the day's drawing near? Christ is coming back again. So let me take you also to Deuteronomy 5, verse 15, where you see the command given to Israel regarding the Sabbath and to show the way that this was specifically for the Israelites. This is not given To us as the church. This was to the Israelites, and it was a foreshadowing of the coming of the Christ. Of the Messiah. So Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 says, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Now, has any Gentile been a slave in the land of Egypt? No, they haven't been. But if you take the covenant theology perspective, then you say, It's a figurative slavery. I was a slave figuratively to Egypt. And Egypt figuratively is this... But now you start to lose the fact that Egypt really was a country, Israel really was a people, and they really were slaves Mm. underneath this. So you need to get away from that kind of allegorical approach to the scriptures. And Yahweh, your God, brought you out of there with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm. Therefore, Yahweh, your God, commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. 
What does Deuteronomy 5 verse 15 say? They, they, they celebrate the Sabbath because Yahweh their God took them out of Egypt. And they were slaves once there. And he brought them out. So this is, I must reiterate that to even the listener today. The, the Sabbath was given to the people of Israel as a shadow, a foreshadow of, of the, the coming, Christ. Yeah, and the, of the coming Christ. of the Christ. Yeah. And we have the Christ. Yeah. He's our Lord. That's why we call it the Lord's Day on the Sunday. It's, it's not the Sabbath at all. It's oh, actually right. not even related in that sense. So the Sabbath was for the people of Israel, and it was an Israelite command. It was a sign of them having been set apart for the worship of the Lord. It was not the Roman Catholic Church that started um, the church worshiping on the Lord's Day. It, that, that presupposition must be rejected. The yeah. people of the Lord always did that, right back to Acts chapter 2, all the way through even what um, we saw in the book of Revelation. Um, now, First Thessalonians 4, and this is where I want to get back now to the rapture as well, and some of Susan's question, right. if you're happy with us going further. I just want to further. put a sideline remark in here. That this is quite a mouthful, too, with regards to the question that Ockett has asked. And if you need to recap, if you need to work through this slowly, we will podcast this program afterwards. So you can go and sit and work slowly, and you have to. Acts 17.11 says you have to now go and search the scriptures and make sure what we're uh, talking about is in fact scriptural and that it's the word of God. Sorry for interrupting there, Rocky. No problem, Vainant. Um, and uh, so, so now getting into some more of the rapture, some of the eschatological meanings even regarding the Lord's Day. Yeah. The, we, we observe as Jesus followers, as the church, we observe what we call the Lord's Day. We are in the age of the church which was a mystery age. They didn't actually get this. And yeah. and Paul even said, this is the mystery, Christ in you. That's now the first and, day. Now, yes, the first, the day, first of, day of the week. First day of the week, this, uh, and, the Lord's Day. Yes, right. the Lord's Day. And, and we, the church, yeah. are part of this mystery age, All this right. insertion which happened at the rejection of Christ right. with the Jews crying, crucifying him, cru- well, crucifying, putting him on a cross, the board above his head. This is the king of the Jews. They rejected their king. And he came as the lamb that was slain, and he took away our sin, the wrath that our sin deserved at the cross. And all those that believe on him then are saved, and we receive that forgiveness No longer Jew, no longer Jew, no longer Jew, no longer mankind. Yes, all mankind. We are now, if we have come to the Lord Jesus and confessed him as Lord, we are part of the church. And this church age is between that 69 week of Daniel and the 70th week. And this is where it gets to some of Susan's question. Of Jacob's troubles, yeah. and this is the where there's that the, that Jacob's troubles will be that seven year tribulation. That's that happens just after the church is raptured. That's yeah. when the church age still ends. to come. Prophecy still to come. Still to well, we still here. The church yeah. is still here, yeah. and so we have the church age from Acts chapter two all the way until the rapturing of the church. First Thessalonians four verse seventeen to eighteen says this. Then we who are alive and remain, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the eschatology of hope. The fact that the church will be removed before the seven-year tribulation, that 70th week of of Daniel's prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8 to 11 says, But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith, and love as and as a helmet, the hope of salvation, for God has not appointed us for wrath. What wrath is he talking about? 
that seven-year tribulation, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with him. Therefore, comfort one another and build one another up, just as you also are doing. This is to actually comfort the church, even in our current tribulations, because there is a tribulation sense that the church is under. Anyone who seeks to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be We see it in persecuted countries, uh, top 50 countries in the world where Christians are persecuted. There's a persecution happening even now. But this is not yet the the seven-year tribulation of Daniel chapter 70. I wonder if we want to come back to this question again in a moment. I'm seeing the time. Are we okay? Uh, no, we're fine. I think that let's uh, put this to bed because it's very important. The sun is both asked it, is asked it, and you're tying them nicely together. So, okay, uh, good. Uh, we, so let, let's, let's, let's continue another couple <laughs> so of minutes. I'm going to say something quite uh, strong here, and I hope folk will hear where I'm coming from. The demonic deception tries to make believers believe that all of that has already happened, oh, that right. the rapture has already happened. We are now in this figurative tribulational period that this is a figurative and then there's this figurative thousand year reign of Christ that isn't actually the reign of Christ but it's this and it mixes all of this eschatology together instead of having the plain reading of the scriptures and going if Christ came the first time according to the scriptures and he fulfilled this literally then God is going to remain true to his word and Christ will literally take his church And literally have a seven-year tribulation and literally set up a thousand-year literal reign. Zechariah 14 is literally going to happen. The war of Armageddon is literally going to happen. The satanic deception and the demonic deception is to try and munch all of that together because he's after our hope. He doesn't want the church in this age to have hope in Christ and to actually believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do regarding the calling up of the church. Yeah. Regarding the seven-year tribulation, regarding the the Israelites still turning to him, and this covenantal aspect even takes away that hope for the Jews, and that's why there's a lot of anti-Semitism, yeah. even with within some groups in Christianity, saying no, no, God is done with them. God is absolutely done with the Jews. He's done with Israel. God is not done with them. Yeah. He has not cast them off. Yes, they have been pushed aside for a time. There's that um, Romans 11 type of, a, or Romans 9 to 11 kind of aspect where they have been put aside and there's been a hardening of the heart of the Jews for the sake of the Gentiles. The yeah. fact that we are now grafted in, but they will once again be called his people and they will turn to him. As the scriptures say, there will be a mass turning of the Jews at that three and a half year mark of the tribulation and so you have this build up that's happening and the lord's day rightly remembers two things on a weekly basis as we assemble as the church of god weekly and as we honor the lord by obeying what he has told us to do because jesus said if you love me you will obey me there's a faith element to us even assembling on the lord's day it celebrates the first coming of the lord jesus the fact that he lived the perfect life he died the death that we could never die for our sin he took our sin at the cross he was buried and then by god's mercy uh, him accepting christ's sacrifice jesus rose from the dead so we remember that as we assemble on the lord's day and then secondly it remembers that jesus christ is coming again it remembers that the lord is coming and so we're in this church age and the rapture is going to happen for us at some point it gives us hope as we face the trials in our day because we are ambassadors for the king 
We're ambassadors in a world where we have a heavenly citizenry. Our heavenly citizenry overwhelms us in our heart regarding even our earthly citizenry. We're citizens of South Africa, but we're first, as Christians, citizens of heaven. Yeah, the Bible and, says and, sojourners. And being ambassadors, what yeah. has Christ done? He has sent us out like sheep amongst wolves. And we go with this gospel message to the world, and we say, turn to Jesus. I was once like you. Remember the Apostle Paul used here's to your, persecute the church. Here's your Sabbath. Here's your rest. Here's Christ. your rest. Come to him. You guys are so weary. You've been going your own way. It's leading to destruction. Here he is. I was just like you in darkness once. Yeah. I was once an enemy of the cross, and Christ died for me. And now I'm adopted into Christ, and we give this message of hope. And what does the world do with that? One of two things. Either some believe and they are saved, and yeah. they join us as yeah. the church. Or they are hardened and sometimes even hateful yeah. towards the church, and they persecute us. And so we go through persecution in our day. And you can track this throughout the New Testament. All of the apostles were martyred for their faith, except for John, John yeah. who was the only one that church history yeah. says yeah. died of natural causes. And apparently they tried to kill him a number of times. They put him in boiling oil. He didn't die. They put him before the lions. They weren't hungry. They gave him poison. He drank it. He didn't die. Eventually they said, no, no, we're going to put him on Patmos. And then he wrote the book of Revelation there. Yeah. So this is this is key things. There is a coming day when Jesus will take his bride to be with himself where he is in a place that he has prepared for them. John 14 verse 3. They will there's they will be kept from the hour of trial that is coming for the Jews and the whole world will face that test and and God will test the inhabitants of the world. Revelation 3 verse 10. Daniel 12 verse 1 to 2 those whose names are found written in the book will be delivered they won't go through the tribulation they'll be raptured they won't go through the great tribulation Philippians 2 verse verse 2 and verse 221 even our lowly bodies will be transformed so that they will be like his glorious body yeah, that's speaking yeah. of the rapture we have a citizenry in heaven of which we eagerly await a savior now, now he's speaking there to Christians already They've already been saved. They've been born again. And he's saying, but we're waiting for a Savior. Why are we waiting for a Savior? Because the rapture can happen tomorrow, dear Christian. Yeah. The, yeah. the early church lived with the imminent view of the rapture. Sometimes they so eagerly did it that they even fell into the other side of the pendulum where they gave up all their work, gave up all their positions. And you have that in the Thessalonican church where he rebukes them and says, if you don't work, we spoke about this before, in, yeah. I think last week, then you don't deserve to eat. Go and work. Don't be busy bodies. Go and work and honor the Lord in your work because we've got to do this until the day comes. Yeah, well, there was recently news now making headlines about the 77 waiting in this church uh, for the Lord's return, the rapture, uh, almost dying there, falling to pieces because they're waiting for the rapture right now to happen. And yeah, and, and, and that is a foolish um, kind of other extreme. Yeah. And so we do need to be balanced with regard to this. But the Christian doctrine of the rapture is nothing less than an eschatology of hope as we eagerly yes. await a yes. Savior from heaven. First yes. Corinthians fifteen fifty one to 53 speaks of this mystery that says, not all of the church will sleep as some have, but some will be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. So the Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath, as a summary statement, yes. as proposed by many. It is the Lord's Day. And there's much confusion in our day towards these type of things and these practices of the Sabbath. And that's where I would caution us as well, is that we must remember 
that Christ has come, the Lord of the Sabbath. And this is what Paul did even with the Galatian believers. So I'd encourage you to go and read the book of Galatians once more. Because there was a group even there in the early church that was trying to take the Christians back to the Jewish worship and towards the Israel kind of a worship. And that's what I'm seeing sometimes in our day where there's this confusion regarding the Sabbath and there's this almost a legalism that is attached to it and says, oh, but you guys just don't uphold the Ten Commandments. No, 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 no. We have Christ. We have the Lord of the Sabbath. This is what Paul says in Galatians 5, and I think we must maybe close there with Galatians 5. He says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, stand firm and do not be subjected again to the yoke of slavery. What yoke have we received? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take upon you my yoke. That's what the Christian has done. The The Christian has come to Christ. Don't fall again to the yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you received circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Because there was a group saying, no, we must have the same circumcision as them. Mm. Now people are saying we must have the same Sabbath as them. No, 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 no. You're missing something. (laughs) And Paul says, and I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that, that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You want to keep the Sabbath? Then keep the whole law. And many people are not doing that. They're not doing the full tithing system because that's, again, another topic we touched on a little bit last Very week. hot topic You, you see, so tithing, yeah. circumcision with infant baptism, yeah. tithing, give your 10%. Yeah. No, no, the tithe of the Jews was actually more or less 23 24% if you go and understand it correctly. Right. So if you want to do some of it, then you better do all of it. Mm. But people aren't doing all of it. And he continues, you have been, you have been severed from Christ. You are being ju- justified by law. You have fallen from grace, for we, through the Spirit, by faith, are eagerly waiting for the hope of righteousness. What are we waiting for? Jesus is coming back again. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith, working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you, speaking to the Galatian church, from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment. And today there's people still disturbing the church of Jesus, where they come with these doctrines that are not scriptural. They come and they say, oh, you've got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then you're going to get this. No, we have grace in Christ. Therefore, we now live differently than Christ. And I want to highlight in particular verse 14 of that section. He says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. The problem when we start to take Jewish practices and hebrew practices and we start to have this confusion of the church is israel and we must do this and now we have the lord's day and that's now the sabbath and now we have infant baptism and that is circumcision and now we have tithing and that's now tithing and not gracious giving we've forgotten that christ has come those were all the things that were a shadow of the christ to come so let me let me stop there with those those answers. But this is a yeah. good question, and it's wonderful for us to be able to open I up God's word say in this regard. This at this stage, Rocky, we have literally almost consumed the whole program with an answer like that. But can you feel the excitement in your spirit, man? Can you feel as my brother was speaking about this? Had a, a listener from uh, from Joburg sending a WhatsApp through. He says, "Man." 
I, I agree. Amen. I agree. Can you feel the excitement in your spirit, man? As we look at Scripture, as we search the Scriptures, now it's up to you to go and search the Scriptures once more. Something else that we have to do to obey to the modern-day authorities is play some music. And, uh, well, Ikasa says you have to play some music. I've got James uh, Shea Delahunt on the turntable. We'll be back and see if we can squeeze in some one or two questions before we finish the program. But this one is called Wonderful Days. Aren't we finding ourselves in wonderful days where we have God's Word freely? Uh, you know, taking it apart and deconstructing it says, Lord, what do you want to teach me this morning? We'll be back right after this. Sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. That's what we search in this scriptures. John seventeen seventeen. Hope you enjoyed that. Well, we've got uh, literally three minutes left and we'll be back with the last bit of the program right, right after this. Het jy geweet dat vir die skamele prijs van koffie vir twee kan jy een blijvende verskil in die wereld maak dier een maandelikse debietorder met Radio Kansel. Wanneer jy met ons handen neem dier een debietorder vanaf so min as 40 rand per maand stel jy ons in staat om op die lucht te bly en duisende te bereik met die evangelie. Om op te teken dier ons vinnige en makkelijke debietorder proces, WhatsApp eenvoudig die woord Tounight na 0 8-2-6-5-7-2-7-2-9. Jou ondersteuning bemachtig ons om ander te versterk. As easy as the touch of a button, the message of life on 657AM. Yeah, the message of life on 657AM. We've literally got three minutes left before we have to be out of here. Got a question from Peter Squira, I think I pronounced his surname correct. He says, if I'm not baptized after rebirth, after regeneration, after accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will I go to heaven or not? I think it's an Acts 2.38 question there. Uh, and uh, But how are we to understand it? What does the word of the Lord say? Uh, what do we say to Peter? Yeah, so I would, I've answered this, I think, once before, two weeks back or three weeks back on Scriftyalik. You can probably get a better answer there. But Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We are not saved and go to heaven because of our water baptism. That because is an, of baptism. That is an act of sanctification in following the Lord Jesus Christ. None of our obedience or disobedience will take us into heaven or out from heaven. It is the obedience. So and there's the no perfect, works involved. The yeah. perfect obedience of Christ. It is trusting on Christ alone that saves a man or woman or child. Now, what I would say is that if you have been born again, and you trust in the Lord Jesus as your Lord, you ought to be baptized as an act of obedience to him. One other place I would take the listener is to Luke twenty three forty three, where you find the thief on the cross. Today, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise, Jesus says to him. He didn't have chance to be baptized. Um, now, if you would say that you can't go to heaven if you're not baptized, that means the thief in the cross didn't go to heaven. Yeah. That means Jesus was wrong, and Jesus was not wrong. And Jesus doesn't apply something different to that man who confessed Jesus as Lord than anyone else who confesses Jesus as Lord. So put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That man will be saved. I would see a bit of a problem if you refuse to have a baptism in the end and you have not and you've come to understand what it talks about. Yes. And then you refuse to. Then we've got something else to talk about. A person like that ought to then uh, repent of that 
turn to the Lord Jesus and obey Jesus. If you love Jesus, you want to obey him. Yeah. He said, uh, if you love me, you will do as the scriptures command, as as my word says. Well, Peter, I hope that that answers your question. Can you believe it? Time done, dusted. It's over for us. Rocky, thank you so much. Bless the heart of God. Uh, always nice to have you in studio. Uh, and it's good to listen to Rocky. It's good to listen to me. It's good to listen to the program. Once again, mm-hmm. want to reiterate, Acts 17, 11. We will podcast the program. Go and sit. Work slow through it and uh, if they want to send you an email get in touch with you pastor at benoni bible church.co.za pastor at benoni bible church.co.za if you want to take it further with rocky next week god willing if the lord tarries if there's no rapture until then uh, we will tackle yet another program and all that's left to say is keep well rocky bless you drive safe home uh, safely and uh, all that's left to say from our side till next time god bless you and shalom